Tommaso watched him carefully and locked him in a shed at night and fed him. His grapes had gone for juice and the juice was becoming wine. The moneylender loaned him money against his wine like all the other small farmers. Tommaso thought a long time that fall and then he sold his sword. That night he cried, not because he was a great man at arms but because of what it meant as long as the sword hung over his bed. It was gone. He tried not to look at the space on the wall. At the edge of winter, Giancarlo suggested that they clear the old hilltop and plant more vines in spring. It was the best idea that Tommaso could imagine, and he forced the thief, Pietro, to climb the hill with him. They worked for as long as the thief could stand, and then went and rested, and worked again. After a week of this, Pietro sat on a huge squared stone and looked up. You really aren't going to kill me, he said. I will if you don't do better work than that, Tommaso replied. Pietro shrugged. I'm your slave. Tommaso knew a fair amount about slavery, from books. I'll pay you a wage like any other farm labour, he said. Right now, I'm too poor. He cut with his borrowed axe, he didn't even own an axe, at the roots of the brush he was trying to clear. Pietro laughed. It was his first laugh in two months. I was looking for farm work, he said. Fuck my mother, I was looking for farm work and some bastard threw it in my face and I beat him to the ground and took his money. Well, said Tommaso, I beat you to the ground and gave you farm work. The circle is complete. Pietro laughed. I like the way you talk. You're a fucking noble pretending to be a peasant. Why? How about more work and less talk? Tommaso said. You don't talk like us, Pietro said. Tommaso thought of Julia. Many do, he said. You choose to speak that way, I choose to speak this way. Pietro spat. Like a priest, fucking sodomites but he went back to work. And very quickly, Pietro became part of his life. He hated to get up, and he wasn't ever enthusiastic about anything, but when his shoulder was fully recovered, he could lift almost any weight, and he would work, with a vicious stream of profanity and complaint, from an hour past dawn until it was too late to see the ground. He was, in some ways, the toughest man Tommaso had known. He would work in snow. He would work as the air bit his lungs. He was afraid of books and would not go near Tommaso while he read. You're a witch, aren't you? He said one day to Tommaso. Tommaso was trying to read a biography of the Empress Livia and the archaic was so complicated that he could only manage a few lines an hour, his finger moving along the script, his little bronze stylus cutting unknown words into the wax of his tablet. He allowed himself an hour a day to read, the brightest hour, He sat on Sundays after Mass with the priest and went over his work. The priest always served him wine and treated him like a nobleman. The priest's archaic was a shadow of Tommaso's, but neither man mentioned it. In church, Tommaso sat with his hired man, with Giancarlo and with Julia and her mother. As the fasting of Lent began and the moneylender became arrogant, Giancarlo visited more often. Pietro laughed. Just marry her and put us out of our misery he said. She hates me. I'll be back on the road. But I'm healed, and I ain't eaten this well in five years. I'll go quiet. 
No, Tommaso said. You'll stay. They continued to clear the hilltop. It was now possible to see a line of low walls, which Giancarlo began to improve. The ancient walls became the foundations for orchard walls to keep out sheep. But the process of pulling stones out of the central space was endless, and Tommaso lost nails on his hands from prying them out of the cold ground. He used a pry bar borrowed from Pietro down the lane, and Pietro hauled the stones, neat square-cut stones, to the wall where Giancarlo laid them into the neatest dry stone wall in the valley. If we find enough of this, we could sell some, Giancarlo said. This is fine stone. Tommaso was beginning to face the possibility that all their work was for nothing, because the stone went down and down. The moneylender stopped by. You now owe me ten ducats of gold.